Dadsnet Original Podcast. Welcome back to the Dadsnet Podcast. I'm Al, that is of course JK, and we've got another fantastic guest with you. This comedian is not shy when it comes to bashing dads on stage. She's one of my favourites. If she wasn't one of my favourites, I'd probably have an issue. <laughs> Honestly, I, she's but she's so funny, she's so talented. She's she's great on stage. She's she's great on TV. I mean, she's really quick. I think that's I think we've had a lot of comedians on the show and some are quicker than others. Yeah. She is up there with the very very quickest and she does I, there are parts where I get kind of tongue twisted because I'm a bit like oh I don't really know what to say she does bash dads on stage but she does explain why and she does come full circle and actually Dadsnet we're all about just making things equal so she's an absolute talent uh, on the Dadsnet podcast now this is Catherine Ryan cool guest. This is nice to have you on. How are you? You say that almost sarcastically. Oh, this is a cool guest, I think. Is it because I have objectified dads before in my work? Well, I wasn't going to bring it up, but seeing as you have. (laughs) I had to do that because I feel like... um, a lot of rap music especially and I love grime I love hip hop but the criticism is that objectifies women and then also a lot of rap battles or jokes historically will be like your mama jokes and it's never your dad it's never I'll shag your dad and so in a lot of my work I don't think we should stop objectifying women in music I just think we should start objectifying men and specifically dads and so I've written a lot of that content myself and it sort of echoes through everything that I do. So I apologize for that because it's it's satirical. It's not meant to offend you. And I hope that it doesn't. And a big shout out to all the dads. <laughs> it, you know, it actually doesn't. The reason Dadsnet exists mm-hmm. is to increase equality. So if we are going to objectify mums, then we should objectify dads. Sure, because we can't just stop objectifying people. We just gotta keep doing it. And the way I do it is quite, you know, not appropriate for this chat, certainly. So you can find some of that online, I'm sure. <laughs> we'll drop a link. We'll drop a link to our, our favorite clip of, of you objectifying one of us, or okay. all of us, I would okay. agree. Okay. Uh, thank you for taking it with good spirit that it was intended. <laughs> no, absolutely fine. And how, so you've got three kids. How old are your kids? My eldest is 14 year old teenage girl. It's like living with a white tiger. And I have a two-year-old son. He just turned two this summer. And the baby girl, the best one, is eight months. And she doesn't cry. And she doesn't complain. And she smiles all the time. And she's almost fully potty trained. So you just say the best to last. Well, I don't know if she's the last. Oh, well, true, actually. She's so wonderful that we might have another. But the trouble is... That's not an exclusive, is it? Have you just given us an exclusive? No, I tell everyone because... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my podcast is called Telling Everybody Everything, and I just wish that I had exclusives, but I don't. I'm always chatting about it because I feel like maybe someone will brush past my husband somewhere and go, oh, you're going to have another one, and then just it'll get in his head. And I don't know. I don't understand. Maybe you can tell me as a dad why any dad would object to having more children because with all due respect, it doesn't impact you that much. It brings you only <laughs> legacy and joy. <laughs> is, that, is, is that right? Is that, is that how it works? Yeah. 
I mean, it is some work for you, yes, but I have gained and lost and gained and lost three stone twice in the last two years. And I've been breastfeeding for over two years and I haven't slept in over two years. And I work as well. And I feel like if I wanna have another one after all that, surely my husband who golfs minimum twice a week should be into it. <laughs> I I agree. Well, to a degree, yeah, I can see your point. Um, I don't golf twice a week. Mm. Um, okay, full disclosure. Actually, I do golf twice a week at the moment. Mm. But my, it's my son who's playing, so I take him to golf. Oh, that's nice. That is good. So, um, it is nice. But also, I've, get, I've gained the weight and just not lost it since I've had a kid. No, but you're allowed because that's just a dad bod, and people have objectified that now as well. There's no, like, mom bod. It's just shame. But dads are meant to be gaining Slightly weight. Down. Like, <laughs> men, as men get older, they get wrinkles. That's hot. They get dad bods, that's hot. Gray hair. Gray hair, hot. Or even no hair. Men think that women care about hair. We really don't. It's like a competition that you have with one another, this hair thing. We don't care. (laughs) And I feel like also you can have babies until you are 100 years old. So if you have a partner who happens to be a woman and she's 40 and she wants another baby and you don't give it to her, but then 20 years down the road, you have a baby with your second wife. Mm. It's not fair. You gotta no. give the 40 year old women however many babies they want. Because you could you could be like Al Pacino and you could have babies when you're 80 with like some young model. I don't know. I don't know what you get up to. It's a possibility yeah, um, for you. Yeah, there's quite a lot. Wasn't it uh, Hugh Hefner? Didn't he have quite a lot of kids, quite old. No, he had a lot of girlfriends. Those weren't his children. They weren't his daughters. They weren't his <laughs> grandchildren even. They were, um, they were just girlfriends. Mostly escorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I've been to the Playboy Mansion and met Hef. Oh, amazing. Oh. Not was, as a girlfriend, though. No, unfortunately not. I was 21, so I was, it was too late for me. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, we, we, we do. I mean, I feels like we can talk about kids all the time and, and you know, dad gods and, and uh, what's sexy and what's not for, for dad. That's actually really helpful to know. I think a lot of dads might find some solace in the fact that women find a lack of hair quite sexy or gray hair quite sexy. So we find folding the laundry sexy. OK, noted, noted. So, you know, you guys don't have to worry. And I do know that men, you know, all joking aside, men are more involved with childcare than ever before. And of course, there are pressures to like provide financially with both parents for these children. And that's a stress. And I think men do suffer from some body image issues too. And like, you know, if we love you and if we respect you and and you're helping us out, then we will always fancy you. That's the truth. We're just tired. So maybe it doesn't seem like we fancy you, but we do. Yeah. So the best thing we could give you, if we want to uh, make you happy, is just a really good night's sleep and then we'll do the washing and then and you could do the cooking i can yes. help you out with gusto recipe boxes yes let's talk about that let's talk about that so um so there's this there's this new research saying that when you see some food on tv it makes you hungry for that food right of course it does and people are influenced by what they see whether that be fashion or you might see someone traveling 
to a new country and you go, oh, I'd love to see that or go there or do that. And of course, the same is true with food. And Gusto is a recipe box company that I've been working with for a number of years. I started as a fan um, and it's turned my husband into a chef. It's really easy to follow um, restaurant quality food. They have 250 new recipes a week and their newest initiative is the Dinner Show Hub. So Gusto, we're getting people really excited by taking recipes from television and like these are not boring recipes. These are big, flavorful. There's like a uh, upside down umami cheeseburger, like a che- grilled cheeseburger from Stranger Things. It's got Marmite. It's really flavorful and it's really indulgent. That one gets me excited. There's the iconic spaghetti from Lady and the Tramp. Um, the other day I had this venison pork red wine parsnip pie without the pastry. I'm not big on the pastry, so I make my own little gusto amendments but that's game of thrones inspired it's um like but the, my problem is when i see something on tv i think oh yeah that does that does look nice i quite fancy that recreating it never works no but presumably that's where gusto helps because actually they give you the ingredients and the amounts and all of that kind of stuff so actually if, I, if i'm gonna be successful in recreating something delicious that i see on tv it's gonna be via gusto yeah, and it gives you the most simple instructions. It gives you everything that you need, really responsibly sourced with very little food waste. And um, also these portions start at like two ninety nine a portion. So I feel like it's really affordable too. And you can recreate a meatball marinara sub from friends. Like I'm talking about real food. What's, what's it like for kids? Who cooks in your house? Is it you or your husband? It is my husband. And that's not even, you know, it's it's well it's really because he doesn't like my cooking jazz first of all he's one of those people who wants to be the only one in the kitchen if he's making something he's like get out get out i think it's a hack because he also will have a gin gin and tonic or two while he's cooking and i'm looking after all the kids but uh cooking is a pleasure for him and he loves to follow the recipe my husband used to be uh he used to play professional american football and he likes the idea of being coached <laughs> and he likes rules and he likes to know that he's done it exactly the right way and it looks just like the picture. And yeah, Gusto has been a game changer for him. I really don't do any cooking anymore. I'm not allowed. And, and do the kids like his cooking via Gusto or do they prefer it just him in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> no, they love it. So we have very different age groups. My teenage daughter really loves it, especially now that he can make her something from Stranger Things. He makes her this delicious chili from the American office. She recognizes stuff from the show she likes. My two-year-old son won't eat anything but pasta, but he does love the gusto yeah. bolognese. Yeah, really? Why? Why do they like pasta so much? It's like the beige group, isn't it? If it's beige, they'll eat it. Other than that, they're not interested. Well, my other two weren't like that. So Violet, when she was a toddler, she would eat anything. And even the baby, who only has like half of two teeth, she will eat anything. But it's my son who just thinks he's pure Italian or something. Like he will, he wakes up in the morning, he goes, time for pasta? We're like, no, you have, no. So we're still working on him, but everyone else loves it. Amazing. How how do you find balancing what looks like a very busy schedule with three kids? And and you've you've also got the massive age range. I'll come on to that in a minute actually because I've got yeah. a question about. But how do you just balance work and and like the demands of very young babies, children, and then teenagers as well? Well, I thought I had a plan 
before the babies were born because I had my daughter Violet as a, well, I wasn't a single mom at the time, but I very soon after became a single mom. And for a decade, it was just Violet and me and she was my best friend and she was really easy to get along with. And then when I met my husband, I was 35 and we wanted to start a family again. And I thought, well, I'm very busy now. I wasn't back when Violet was born. Now I'm busy, I'm touring, I'm doing TV, I'm like writing, I'm supposed to be in demand. So to keep that going, Bobby can be a stay-at-home dad and if he needs extra help, we'll get a nanny. And I'm very fortunate that I could have that support and have those resources. But then when they were born, something happened where I just didn't want anyone else to look after them. And so that's what I'm struggling with. Because people might go, well, what do you mean you're struggling? You have a stay-at-home husband, you can pay for a nanny, you, you can do all these things, you can get childcare. But like, there's something with moms where I can't. I can't do that. I want to be with my kids all the time. I sleep with my kids. I want to carry them around everywhere. I feel like no matter what I do, I'm letting someone down. If I'm with my kids all the time, I'm letting my husband down, I'm letting my work down. If I'm at work all the time, I'm letting my kids down, I'm letting my husband home because he's alone in kind of a very stressful house. My husband is let down no matter what. <laughs> so, you know, I think mentally, I think it's the mental hurdle for me and maybe for for many dads too i don't i don't know yeah no it is it, it, it there's guilt whichever kind of direction you yeah. go in um and it's kind of unavoidable it's more a case of just learning to live with it rather than trying to get rid of it you just got to learn, learn to live with it i think but yeah i think a lot of dads feel the same way um you know we're trying to balance the work pressures and the financial pressures at the same time as trying to be present for our wives, our partners and our, our children as well. So there is a lot of pressures. What, what's it like? Um, so I have an 18 year old stepson and my wife was a single mom for a decade as well. And mm. they, they were just, they were so tight yeah. and like all of a sudden I came along and he was a bit like, he's this guy kind of muscling in on my territory so that was that's an interesting dynamic that i've lived through as well um how did your husband find that well what age was your stepson when you came on the scene uh oh actually that's true he was nine eight same with my husband so when bobby came into our lives violet was nine and i think for a single mom your children will start to pull away from you at that age anyway so, and you know, find their own way and find their own independence. And that alone is really heartbreaking. There's a grief and you feel badly describing it as grief because what you want is for your children to be happy and healthy and get stronger and, and pull away from you, but it does hurt. And I think the universe sends us maybe a husband at that time because the universe goes, you're about to get dumped by your soon to be 10 year old and you're gonna struggle with that. So I think you and Bobby came along at the right time. And also that, it, it, it sounds, sounds like we're in some kind of weird, weird relationship, throuple relationship. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys came into our lives. Um, but also, I think I found for Bobby, he has loads of nieces and few nephews, but mostly nieces. And he just tried to be a friend to Violet and just be non-threatening at first. Just like, I'm here to help you out and be a pal. I know you don't need anything from me and your mom's your mom, but if you do need me, I'm here. And then gradually she saw the value in him. Actually quite quickly, she saw the value in having him around. He's really athletic and that brought a new dimension of fun and activities into her life. And he has a different energy to me. 
and I think he's really good now that she's a teenager. He has much better boundaries than I do. I'm really bad at creating boundaries with my daughter because we live almost as equals for that first decade. But with a teenager, with a young adult, I think this is a dad's time to shine. And uh, Bobby, Bobby finds it a little bit awkward now being the bad guy. He goes, I need you to back me up because I'm the only one with uh, boundaries in this. And you sell him short, all right? Yeah, and I don't want to leave him hanging like that or use him as the bad cop. But anyway, I just feel very blessed to have him in our lives. And I think that probably your stepson feels the same way about you. Like it's, I don't, I think it's wonderful to have different points of view when it comes to raising a child. They say it takes a village and whether that be a husband or an auntie or an uncle or grandparents, it's good to have different ideas and different energies. Yeah, that's really true. I definitely came in and, and they were so tight that it was quite good to have an objective point of view on certain situations because I wasn't like in the, in the fold and I was able to kind of give a bit of clarity from a, a, an objective point of view. So I, I buy that. What a, What's it like for you going out for the day or going on holiday with a 14-year-old and a two-year-old and their needs and interests are obviously polar opposites and most of the time for me it's a bloody nightmare me and my wife spend most weekends apart because one of us is running around after that it's not so much but he's 18 now so it's not so bad now but back yeah. when he was 14 we were just one of us would do him the other would do the other like it, that was it well i think it's important not to forget the older one and not to let the older one get lost in the shuffle because the babies definitely need attention. And if they aren't entertained, then they'll cry. And so immediately you go to them and you try to structure the day around what they want to do. And then my 14 year old's kind of along for the ride sometimes. And she's good about it. And she loved, luckily the babies are one of her interests. So she's happy to help. But it's become more obvious to me that like, oh, you really need to make space for them too. And even when they aren't crying or obviously showing you that they need to be parented, they do still need to be parented. So we're trying to, like you say, go in different directions some weekends and do something very special just for her, do something for the kids. I mean, we went recently to the south of France because I had a gig. And when I have a gig, I bring the whole family with me like a fool. I really shouldn't do that because uh, it was kind of a nightmare. And my daughter found things to do there and she had swimming and she had sun and we try to, try to bring her along to the adult things now. So when the babies go to bed, we'll have a special dinner with her or we'll stay up late chatting to her. And that's very difficult too because she stays up late and the babies are up early. So I'm just awake all the time. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's this you're up at 5 30 with the little ones and then the older ones are up to 11 30 you get no time as a couple it's no. just a nightmare and unless you're in the situation everyone's like oh that must be tough yeah it's fucking hard like it's really really hard i'm sure now you're you're up waiting for your son to get in yeah oh yeah yeah definitely through the middle of the night it's um it's pretty full on. Well, Catherine, we're out of time, but thank you so much for joining us. Um, feels like we need to have you back for longer next time and uh, have a conversation around a lot of similarities. But well, thank you, you very know, much. I love the dads. I'll be back. She is genuinely hilarious. Uh, it was great to spend time with her and hopefully we'll get her back. Uh, that's it for this episode. Please don't forget to rate, subscribe, download, like, share and get all your friends to have a listen to Dazzlet Podcast. Have a good week. A Dazzlet Original Podcast.